Okay. One. We don't have to do that. Oh, why? Because we're in the same room. You don't have to count in. We, oh. don't, we're, we don't have to sync up. We're on the same track. Yeah, but Ronnie's not here. <laughs> yeah, Ronnie's not here. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to do my normal intro. Welcome to Fan Fiction is Good Actually, a podcast about how fan fiction is good, actually. I am here in this very special episode with my fiancé and the love of my life, Andy. Hello! Uh, it's nice to be here and not be yelling about Robins. Yeah, you will remember Andy from their uh, impromptu debut on a prior episode where they were yelling about Robins randomly in the other room. I have yeah. strong opinions about uh, Robins. Yeah, I understand. I don't mm-hmm. have strong opinions about Robins, but I, I not, get it. Not the bird, the crime fighter. Yeah, yeah. The, the DC comic, the, the twink, the fellow, yeah. you know, that one. You yeah. know the one. Um, for this very special episode, besides being here with, uh, my fiance and the love of my life, Andy, the normal course of my, my podcast is to sort of let the guests steer the conversation and let the guests dictate what they want to talk about for the episode. Sometimes we talk about it beforehand. Sometimes we just see what happens. But for this episode, Andy and I did a sort of book club thing. And we both read Trans Wizard, Harriet Porber, and the Bad Boy Parasaurolophus by two-time Hugo Award finalist and Doctor of Holistic Massage, Chuck Tingle. Very humble of him not to put Dr. Chuck Tingle on, like, in, in the actual, in his actual name on the cover. It just says Chuck Tingle. And it only says in the, you know, bit, the author bio in the back that he's a Doctor yeah, of Holistic Massage. True. Yeah, world's greatest author chuck tingle um i am gonna give andy the opportunity to do the thing that i have all my guests do though um babe i want to hear about your your fandom journey what led you here what led you to like stuff and to be on the internet and to like stuff on the internet and to you know interact with fan fiction sure uh, so my first fandom was definitely Star Wars. Uh, I saw it very young, and it melted my my brain. And uh, I would tell like really narrative stories with my action figures, and uh, I would get very bothered when like certain elements with them and accessories like weren't canon or something, or if like there was an action figure pack and the characters and them didn't make sense, <laughs> I would get like offended. Or if my my Geonosis Battle Arena playset, like the the pillars, were much smaller to scale than the ones in the movie, things like that. Um, and then in fourth grade, I read The Hobbit. In sixth grade, I read Harry Potter, um, which uh, really got me into the you know the fantasy genre as a whole. Um, Around that time in, like, middle school or high school, I think, I got into Firefly. Uh, college, I got very into uh, the show Game of Thrones. And when that ended very poorly recently, I got into the books, which I've been enjoying very much. Please tell us more about your college experience and why you were allowed okay. to watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> I went to Liberty University. <laughs> yeah, there uh, it is. That's what we wanted. <laughs> R-rated movies were not allowed, but any TV show was allowed. Yeah, because the rules make sense at Liberty University. It's true. Yeah, yeah. Extremely conservative, evangelical Christian university, Liberty University. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
So, yeah, we were all watching Game of Thrones with murder and titties. With the boobies out yep. and the stabbing and the eye gouging and all that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I discovered fan fiction through Harry Potter. And then after, and that would have been in, in high school sometime, I think. And then in college, I joined the 501st. And, um, I remember it was like a really heated debate at the time that the 501st wasn't cosplay. They were not cosplayers. They were, um, costume enthusiasts is what they would call themselves. Okay. Okay. And I remember them like really bashing fan fiction. And, um, I think a big part of like my fan fiction experience is things that like maybe wouldn't be considered fan fiction but i consider it fan fiction Mm -hmm. so like a lot of people in the rebel legion and 501st they create little backstories for their generic like soldier characters like if you're not a face character if you're not anakin skywalker and you're just like jedi you know people will say like what planet their jedi's from and who their master was and what rank they are and things like that. And I'm like, that's fan fiction though, y'all. Like mm-hmm. if you know what Imperial Academy, your ATST pilot costumed character went to your OC, like, and what battles they fought in and who their commanding officer. And like, you wrote all that out. Like you made yourself a little fan fiction and you share little pieces of that at, you know, events when kids ask you who your character is like, you're telling a story that's fan fiction um i'm very into board games and the board games i like the most have a very narrative element to it and to me when i play that game i'm telling a story with you know whether it's a co-op game or uh a pvp game like that's that's telling a story through like we're using dice mechanics and stuff but that's fan fiction um And I also think it's interesting now that, like, anyone who's creating popular media, like, of an established franchise, we're at the point where they grew up with the original franchise. And I think that the weird relationship with that is very close to fanfiction. There's something there. Yeah. Like, Pablo Hidalgo grew up playing the West End uh, Star Wars RPG game. Uh, Pablo Hidalgo is a uh creator at star wars he's the Um, keeper of the holocrons yeah that's his official title (laughs) um he 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 helps make sure that everything kind of like fits together and he's like an executive producer on everything but like he grew up playing the the star wars tabletop rpg from the 80s as a kid and like he created stuff for that game as a game master and has put that into star wars canon which like that's bonkers and like he's a fan and he's now creating the work it, it, it like the the lines are so muddy now between creator and fan fiction i feel like like everyone who's writing x-men right now grew up with chris claremont's x-men and at this point grant morrison's x-men and they're all just you know recycling thoughts they had from reading that as teenagers into what they write now like you know, am I making sense? Is, th- yeah. is there a point in there somewhere? Yeah, no, I yeah. agree with you. Like, this, this, uh, 
examining this is a thing that we do here. Yeah. Yeah, and like Critical Role is another like really great example where it's super muddy, where like that game started as Pathfinder, moved into 5e, took elements of the Forgotten Realms and like D&D lore, became its own work, and now has been reabsorbed officially by Wizards of the Coast, and now there's like official D&D Critical Role merchandise and like campaign guides and shit. Like the the line there is so muddy between fan fiction and official licensed product. Like it's bonkers. For the timeline cops listening, campaign three just came out yesterday. Yeah. So we're thinking about critical role now. We've uh I'm taunting the time cops on this show. But yeah, like it's and like I find that sort of thing really interesting. I like in nerd circles, I feel like fan fiction gets a really bad rap, especially in um, like some of the cosplay or like very serious board gamer circles that I sometimes dip into because I just happen to be into tabletop gaming and stuff. And I'm like, if you are playing D&D and you're using the Critical Role book, like you're writing Critical Role fan fiction whether you like want to admit that to yourself or not, if you're playing a game of star Wars rebellion, like the nature of that game is so narrative, like, and you get to play with the events of Canon in really fun ways. You can blow up the death star over there. You can have the death star destroy Kashyyyk instead of Alderaan. And you can have Leia train with Yoda instead of Luke You can do all sorts of stuff like that. And you're just, you're writing a fan fiction as you play the game. Yeah, like, and that's by design. That's yeah. like how that's how the game is supposed to work. You're supposed yeah. to fan fiction your way into your most optimal fun reality. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's 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 a total blast and there's there's no reason to look down on fan created works because you don't write it out and post it online. Uh I think a lot of this has to do with sexism. Uh like fan fiction seems to be a um like a woman dominated space and like tabletop RPGs and things like that tend to at least stereotypically be more like male dominated. And, uh, I think cis het men like to shit on things that make women happy that they maybe don't comprehend. So there it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at least like my journey with fan fiction started with Harry Potter and, um, I had a, james potter roleplay tumblr that was very popular in like 2012 2013 oh peak tumblr times yeah yeah yeah. i was um i was the most popular james potter on tumblr and then oh they're gonna people on this people who listen to this show are gonna be able to figure out who you are now i don't think it exists anymore well no i'm sure it doesn't but somebody will have a memory of you yeah okay um and there was like all of the other like Marauders era characters were there. Like there were a couple Snapes that would interact with me regularly. And I had like my main go-to Lily and I had a Sirius and I had a couple Ramuses. Uh, I think we had a Peter Pettigrew in there. And um, yeah, we like, I really wanted it to feel like time was passing. So I would like push these other role players to be like, all right, it's year six. All right. It's year seven. Like, all right, we've graduated. We're in the war now. And um, 
Yeah, I I eventually like killed that. But to me that was fanfiction. Like we we were all interacting and RPing together, but like we had people like very invested in our interactions and the story we were telling collaboratively. It was super fun. I guess it's time to talk about trans wizard Harriet Porberg. I like is... when we talk about me, though. Uh, Don't you want to yeah. know more things about me? Well, I know all the things about you already. <laughs> that's true. So I think that's a, a, a strong overview. You know me for... biblically. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I know you in the way that trans wizard Harriet Porberg knows Snape the bad boy Paris Aurolophus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, anyway. Let's anyway, talk about this tingler. So uh, my, I'm going to, my philosophical take on this is that it is in fact not fan fiction. I bought it with the expectation that it would be, but um, my, my hashtag hot take is that it's not fan fiction. It is a transformative work, but it's not fan fiction. Um, it is, uh, like Spaceballs. Like, Spaceballs is not Star Wars fan fiction, but, uh, you uh, kind of need to know mm, the one without the uh, other. Mm. So, I would argue that what separates, I would say, Spaceballs, as a sort of parody, is a fan fiction, but Transwizard Harriet Porber does not follow, it is not a parody of Harry Potter. Sure. Like it, um, I was actually, when I, when I heard about it, when I heard about it existing and thought, Hmm, that's interesting. I expected it to be sort of a parody of Harry Potter, but like with trans characters in it, I expected, uh, Dr. Chuck Tingle to like follow the pattern of a Harry Potter book. It extremely does not do that. And I, in my opinion, it does not seem that Dr. Chuck Tingle has, in fact, read any Harry Potter books. So There's I a don't... couple specific jokes in there that I feel like you're not going to get if you haven't read or seen a a Potter film. Sure, like... I, I, I certainly uh, would buy that he has seen the movies. I strongly suspect that he has not read the books. And that's not a diss, by the way. Um, we know now that he is right for having never read the books. But, um, yeah, given uh, that... Yeah, I feel like I haven't said this. Uh, I left Harry Potter behind a long time ago. Uh, it was uh, influential in me getting into fan-created works and things like that. Uh, but I have much stronger memories of the uh, very queer Harry Potter fan fictions I read. And uh, I could probably tell you more about them than I could tell you about the canon of what happened in those novels. Um, yeah, we 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 have acknowledged yeah. many times the the turf issue yeah. on this podcast. So yeah, we're just living in that reality. Unfortunately, we're living in the reality where uh, we're living in the timeline, as Doctor Tingle would say, where uh, Joanne Rowling is gross and has gross opinions. I. I would go so far as to say I don't think you can, like, morally interact with that fandom in a positive way. I struggle to at this point, yeah. And, I, I, like, I know that some people feel differently, and, like, that's fine. They but... can have that opinion, and I can think they're wrong. Um, I, I think that that ship has sailed, and uh, all you can kind of do now is salt and burn. 
And I say that as someone who uh, spent a lot of time pretending to be a Harry Potter character. So, uh, yeah, I get how it can still be difficult, but uh, I'm of the opinion that, uh, yeah, anything you do to further Joanne Rowling's influence, you are just spreading hate, even if you intend to or not. Yeah. Uh, but that's why this book is rad because it is uh, yeah. very much calling out that uh, that issue. Uh, and fundamentally, listeners, like I said, it has nothing to do with Harry Potter. No. Like at all. Um, uh, and like Dr. Tingle, if you're listening, feel free to uh, call me out. I could be wrong. I don't think Chuck Tingle has ever read a Harry Potter book. Um, I think what he did was he took a, uh, a story that he sort of had the bones of already and liked and decided that he was going to use it as an act of um, uh, artistic rebellion against Joanne Rowling's turfishness. It's very cheeky. It is, yeah. Um, So the plot, I'll, I'll just do the summary here like I do on Ending Pending, my other podcast, soft plug for Ending Pending, my other podcast where I do the summaries of the TV shows. Um, but the, the plot revolves around uh, Harriet Porber, who is a trans woman and also a wizard, and they don't use witch or wizard in the gendered sense here in the way that uh, Joanne Rowling does in her books. They, they just everyone's a wizard. Um, she, After graduating from wizard college, she uh, created a spell that like went viral and was a bestseller. This is, this is sort of following the classic, like, novelist has writer's block narrative but in this uh in this world uh harriet porber is writing spells instead of novels and uh you know she's a she lives in brooklyn she's uh had this big success right out of college and now she's got writer's block and she's struggling to come up with the next big spell that's going to be a huge hit and she's uh getting some pressure from her um her agent and uh, it's very hallmark yeah it's extremely hallmark movie her uh, her agent's name is minerma by the way uh like all of the names of all of the characters in this are characters from harry potter even though like quite a few of the harry potter characters have names that already exist in like minerva is is uh the i forget which if it's greek or roman i forget which way it flips but minerva is athena you know, like this. This is a this is a name in the public domain. It's not a name that Joanne Rowling came up with. But anyway, the the agent's name is Minerma, and then uh, like there's the Snabe, Braco, uh, Braco, yeah, Delatrix. So all the characters just have these like difficult to pronounce uh, Harry Potter names, but with uh, like one letter changed or two letters uh, changed the. Dumbledore character who is like Snape's bodyguard friend or former bodyguard friend is named Bumblemore, I think. He's a he is a woolly mammoth. Um so something that surprised me like right out the gate and sorry for just interrupting your <laughs> breakdown of the plot, but um a lot of characters are inanimate objects but with like personhood yeah and it and... doesn't really like explain how that works like it'll say and... that the 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 motorcycles are so delatrix and Braco are both motorcycles 
but it will describe like their their mouths and their hair and stuff like that and i'm like where is the mouth or the hair located but then on the motorcycle you'll be reading it and you'll be forgetting that they're motorcycles <laughs> yeah and then it'll say something like oh and they picked it up with their handlebars or something and you're like <laughs> wait what the fuck oh yeah they're motorcycles <laughs> and like you'll forget that snabe is a dinosaur mm-hmm. and then harriet porber will be doing some very very hot and sexy sexual act uh with him and then it'll describe his scales or something and you're like oh wait yeah he's a reptile he's extinct he's a dinosaur (laughs) with a large bill you'll just forget and then uh mr tingle will remind you vividly uh what is happening on the page and uh it's kind of amazing that his writing is so goddamn good that you let yourself forget how absurd the like characters are. Yeah. It's bonkers. It's really weird. It's a really weird experience reading this book. I'll I'll finish the summary real quick and then I'll sort of like express some opinions. Um yeah, so Minerma lets Harriet uh, stay in the like vacation cabin she has on this remote island and to, to get some inspiration to get past her writer's block and uh the neighbor like the the guy living in the neighboring cabin is a trans dinosaur metamagic bard and what that means in the tingle verse is uh he he is aware of what is going on in the book and he's aware that he is a character in the book and when he creates music it also makes other people aware that they're characters in a book very weird uh very in-depth uh thought process to arrive at this but anyway this is snabe the bad boy parasaurolophus of the title and uh he he's friends with the two motorcycles, Braco and Delatrix, and uh, Braco and Delatrix. Delatrix is like the ringleader of the two. They really hate Harriet because they're uh, groupies of Snabe, who is a very famous bard in this universe, and this is like his vacation home where he goes to write his next big album or whatever. Uh, so. Snabe comes off as a real dick at the beginning and he because he is a metamagic bard and is aware that he's a character in a book makes several comments about how like this is not a healthy uh interaction to have if you're actually starting a relationship with someone but I am a stock character in a romance novel so I behave like an asshole because this is how I'm written and Harriet's like what the fuck are you talking about and he's like don't worry about it uh, so there's this whole dynamic where, uh, Snabe is an asshole, but is also aware that he's a stock character in a book, and, like, Harriet falls for him in spite of his being an asshole, and then he, like, softens up to her, and, uh, uh, Delatrix is extremely jealous of Snabe falling for Harriet, and so Delatrix, uh, sets out to destroy Harriet, all of this culminating in a showdown on a boat that uh, Delatrix tricks Harriet into getting onto, thinking that she's going to a, a concert 
to... Let's, uh, let's not spoil what happens, though. This is okay. the, the drama. Okay. Yeah, I encourage you, and I unironically encourage you to to purchase and read Trans Wizard Harriet Porber and the Bad Boy Parasaurophilus by Dr. Chuck Tingle, because it is, uh, like actually pretty pretty fun to read it's written like quite well you know it's written sort of on in terms of uh uh like prose style it's written pretty much on par with your average romance novelist it's pretty short it's like 150 pages and it's delightfully weird it's just really weird which is fun i also think you were almost too critical there too like it's very good uh chuck tingle mr chuck tingle uh proves love is real to me uh with this book uh he for sure uh tingled my tingler with his with his tingling sexual tingler um, uh, I, the sex is really hot uh i would say that uh he relies very heavily on tropes so it can get a little bit like i thought that was really fun though like if you know the genre you you know like who these characters are like right away like in fan fiction mm-hmm. like i remember mcu fan fiction like everyone had a very set interpretation of the characters from the avengers that like we're not actually the characters in the movie mm-hmm. but like thor was gonna eat pizza hawkeye was going to like climb up high and sit on things like it was very silly that like everyone had these pre-established tropes of these characters that Mm -hmm. would interact and so he's just doing that but with like hallmark movies um yeah that's fair and like the the reason that i don't consider this fan fiction like i said is because it really functionally has nothing to do with harry potter i think fan fiction uh relies on the source material and this is a totally other thing. That's this... why I said it was parody. Because, yeah. like, Spaceballs is not beat-for-beat beat retelling Star Wars, but humorous. There's a couple things that are, like, lifted from the movie. But for the most part, it's telling an original story, but, like, taking elements and spoofing them, making them humorous. Like, there's no trench run. There's there's no Obi-Wan. You know, like, Spaceballs is very much its own original story that just happens to have a princess and a dark lord um whereas this is its own original story but the jokes are there if you've read harry potter or seen the movies uh i do agree with you that the uh the sex scenes are actually pretty sexy though they're very sexy yeah and like uh dr chuck tingle uh respects trans people in uh, in ways that are sexy and like you you know you're 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 like objectifying these characters a little bit even though it's weird because you know one of them is a dinosaur um but it got me horny it's a good it's a it's a really well-written book and the sex scenes are really hot yeah i want to read another tingler this was my first tingler but uh yeah it it fucking ruled chuck tingle is his magic system was also impressively cool like it was very very good shit and it hinted at, like, a larger world. Like, warlocks were mentioned, and I think witches were mentioned. But, like, we don't quite know how their magic works. We know how wizards and bards work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. it did make me deeply curious about all the other tinglers. Because, uh, listener, there are so many. There are so many tinglers. There's so many tinglers. But, yeah, I think this is a case of, like, 
the 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 actual material is not the art the existence of the art is the art because this very clearly stands just by the title in opposition to joanne rowling's turfiness like the fact that trans wizard harriet porber is the title of the book oh it was a call out yeah yeah yeah, no that's and i think that was uh dr tingle's motivation in creating it was to uh make a splash in saying like who cares about harry potter what we care about is trans rights and we're gonna make harry potter trans and there's nothing you can do about it yeah he he set out to like i said prove love was real Mm -hmm. and uh i think he did that uh characters are fun um i like you like you said they're they're very tropey like you know who each character is as soon as they're introduced like you you kind of know what their role is in the story um if you've seen uh a christmas movie or a hallmark movie or something like you're gonna you're gonna get it you're gonna get who these people are and what their character arcs are immediately but uh i don't think that was like a bad thing um i thought that was kind of part of the fun I'm going to point out a couple of just, like, real overview fun things about this book that will hopefully convince you to pay Dr. Tingle some money to read it. The second-to-last chapter is entitled Sexual Healing. Uh, all of the characters get drunk on chocolate milk. This Yeah! Yeah, it's real weird! <laughs> this it's, is... it's real weird! I've been led to understand that this is a, a, a Tingleverse thing, like that so there are only two foods that i was aware of in this book spaghetti and steak Mm -hmm. like harriet had spaghetti for breakfast and spaghetti for dinner and every time like every time there was a meal it was spaghetti and uh like occasionally there was breakfast chocolate milk i don't know if the breakfast chocolate milk is like a non-intoxicating chocolate milk like it's a different category of chocolate milk but they also definitely like get drunk on chocolate milk. Some characters get drunk on chocolate milk. Yeah, there was like this really dramatic moment where Snape was like trying to win Harriet Porter back and like reconnect, and you're like invested. Like I- I'm sitting there like rooting for Harriet to take Snape back, and he's like, "I gave up the chocolate milk. Like I'm clean." And like I just started <laughs> fucking dying laughing because I like I had to be like, "Oh yeah." This is trans wizard Harriet Porver and the bad boy Paris Alphalus. And, uh, God, so funny. Um, the metamagic is continuously very funny because it will create these confusing passages where you read a section and then it was like, uh, they drove down the road and then they the phrase they drove down the road appeared in the air above the car because Snape is playing a meta magic song and it makes all the characters aware of the fact that they're characters in a novel. Um, like I said, this this is the sh- stuff that made me want to read other like Tingleverse books. Are you aware that there's a Tingleverse role playing game now? That's dope. Yeah, Chuck Tingle wrote he. There's a choose your own adventure book. There's a Tingle verse choose your own adventure book. And there's also like a TTRPG set in the Tingleverse where you can be like a living object, like a, a an airplane or a, a motorcycle person. I want and- Dream Daddy. I want like a romance sim Tingleverse game very badly. 
I I would imagine that Dr. Tingle would uh, collaborate with someone on that project. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what Chuck Tingle's uh, motivation is. Can Can I say a random thing that I liked in this book? Yeah. When uh, Brumble Roar Brum Brum uh, Bum Bumble de, Bumble Bumbleborn. Bumbleborn is his name. When Bumbleborn is introduced, uh, he like immediately introduces himself as like an old friend of Snape, and uh, Harriet says like, "Pleased to meet you." And then he goes, "And I'm gay, by the way. I want oh you. I want you to know that I'm sexually attracted to men. I'm not interested in women at all." And Harriet's like, "Okay." I'm, I actually opened it right to the passage, yeah. so I'm just gonna read it. Go for it. Uh, I'm gay. Bumbleborn says. Uh, what? I stammer, a little confused. That's cool. I just wanted to say that clearly in this story, instead of claiming years later, it was there in the subtext the whole time, the woolly mammoth continues. That's awesome, I reply with a smile, only half following this conversation that's clearly steeped in meta magic. Love it. <laughs> Very Love good. it. Very savage. Very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just, you know, because we were talking about Critical Role earlier, uh, if you have to confirm a character's sexuality in a tweet afterwards and not address it on screen or in the after show a week later, uh, even after the tweet where you could have very publicly stated it in the after show, uh, maybe you don't get to claim that as representation. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of things I like about Critical Role. There's some things that they don't always do perfectly, no. though. That's okay, but we gotta acknowledge that, uh, you know, people can do better. Representation should be clear and explicit. Mm-hmm. Like when two trans characters have sex with their trans genitals. It's great. Yeah. yeah. It was really hot. It was really... It was good sex. I Like, I can't stress that enough. And I've read some really kinky fanfiction shit, uh, y'all. I've was deep in the Kylux hole for a long time. Mm. I have read very many, very many sexy fanfics. This was very, very good smut. Oh, another thing I liked about this uh, book, we've mentioned already that there are many uh, people, many characters who are living objects or um, unicorns. Or talking or, animals. Yeah, or dinosaurs. Or, or half dinosaurs, half mans. I don't think there's any. I think they're just Look a on the cover. Well, he's just a dinosaur. Like the the cover, the cover, dear listener, is uh, a dark haired woman with glasses holding a wand, uh, and to one side of her is a tattooed man's body, like a stock photo, uh, and then there's a, a a dinosaur head photoshopped onto his body, and then there's uh, like two car garage parted black haircut photoshopped onto the dinosaur's head and then to the other side of her is a um a cgi image of a uh woolly mammoth wearing a wizard hat and then there's a uh an image of a motorcycle that has a, a woman's face photoshopped onto it so i don't think this really answers any questions about how the uh the living objects and animal people work but what i was saying is when a character's introduced, uh, it'll say things like, the sheriff drove up to my house. He had a, a, a mustache and a, a chiseled jaw, and he walked with confidence. Also, he was a unicorn. 
Like, it just drops that onto the end of the physical description that otherwise would be perfectly sensible to describe a human. And it gave me a chortle every time. It's very fun. Yeah, like, when Snape is described, it's like, he is tattooed and very attractive, and he has long, dark hair, and he, you know, he came to the door entirely shirtless. He appeared to be a parasaurolophus. <laughs> it's very good. Uh, like... There's a lot of joy in this book and a lot of heart and it like its ability to be extremely well written and like have a point and something to say, but then also being completely ridiculous with every detail of the world building from the spaghetti for breakfast and getting drunk on chocolate milk and the inanimate objects like it's. It's it's a bonkers wild ride and it is so fun. Yeah. Um I think I got this for like 7 or 8 dollars on Amazon and um a steal. Look, I I understand that Amazon is evil. Amazon's evil and you should not use this service to buy other things, but they do enable uh small creators such as Chuck Tingle to do like dropship printing. You know, like this was this they these things get printed on demand. So if you want a physical copy to put on your bookshelf of Trans Wizard Harriet Porber and the Bad Boy Parasaurolophus, you can get one, and they will just like print it and send it to you. So, uh, yeah, buy buy this book and also follow Doctor Tingle on Twitter, where he continues to say trans rights every day of the week, uh, either literally or in in spirit i know that there are like a lot of theories about is chunk tingle a singular person is chunk tingle a collective of people who have taken on the moniker of chuck tingle chuck tingle is a legend and uh either either way chuck tingle is real and he is good and uh he is doing uh the lord's work uh with his tinklers uh this was absolutely delightful and i can't stress this enough it is a good book it's very entertaining it's very fun to read and it's only like 150 pages so you can breeze your way right through it i'm gonna read chuck tingles about the author in the back dr chuck tingle is an erotic author and taekwondo grandmaster almost a black belt from billings montana After receiving his Ph.D. at DeVry University in holistic massage, Chuck found himself fascinated by all things sensual, leading to his creation of The Tingler, a story so blissfully erotic that it cannot be experienced without eliciting a sharp tingle down the spine. Chuck's hobbies include backpacking, checkers, and sport. I love him. It's very good. Chuck Tingle also has a podcast. Uh, I believe it's called My Friend Chuck. So I'm going to oh. go ahead and plug Chuck Tingle's podcast. I don't think I was aware of his podcast. I, yeah. want, to, I want to hear his voice. It's uh, unfortunately mildly annoying, which is why I have not listened to more episodes <laughs> of My Friend he Chuck. He might listen to this. I don't know if well, you want to call his voice annoying. He's you might doing, want to cut he's that. Doing, he's doing an affectation. He's doing a bit? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I will say uh, the, the, the affectation that Chuck Tingle does can for some listeners make it a little bit challenging to listen to i will say 
Chuck, if you're listening, I think your voice is great. I have not, by my own admission, heard it, but I I think you're great, buddy. Look, I gotta assume that my friend Chuck is much more popular than this podcast by, like, orders of magnitude. So, like, what the fuck do I know? Maybe that's I fair. should start doing the Chuck Tingle voice. Yeah. Maybe that's what's gonna launch me into internet famousness, internet fame. Anything else we want to say about this? I don't think so. Um, do you have any, uh, anything you want to recommend? I started off saying, do you have any fan fiction you want to recommend to my guests? But, uh, I encourage people to now list anything they want to recommend, whether it is fan fiction or other fiction or television shows or their own work. Hell, if you want to, I mean, you know, plug our other podcasts in your Twitter and stuff. Yeah. I'm just going to talk about me. Yeah. Talk about you. Okay. Uh, I am at Twitter, uh. Or on Twitter, <laughs> hold on. Andy is just at Twitter. I'm at Twitter. I'm hanging out ty- at Twitter. If you type, if you type at Twitter on Twitter, Andy yeah. will come up. That's me. At on Twitter, I am at a one hat town. Uh, my tweets are very good, and my takes are uh, sometimes, occasionally spicy. And uh, I, you know, I, I tweet about things. I am on a podcast called Good Neighbors. It is a very queer uh, actual play podcast using Monster of the Week. It is about a group of uh, four friends who have to like build a found family while fighting monsters and trying to like do community care and like protect the, the people around them. I think it's very good. Um, I'm on a podcast called Ending Pending with Evan. With me. And, and our, our, our very good friend, Ronnie, where we uh, do media criticism by looking at TV shows, which only lasted a single season. We mostly complain about how there's not enough gays and stuff. Yeah, mostly. Uh, but we, we occasionally talk about other things, too. Um, and then I am on a Star Wars podcast. And I it doesn't suck. We're not assholes. But we, we talk about uh, Star Wars TV shows. It's called Force Friends Rewatch. And, um... Yeah, if you uh, want to see my miniature painting, I paint little plastic men, and uh, that's on Instagram at One Brush Town. You uh, you reading or watching anything interesting these days? Um, I I mean, Critical Role three campaign three just started, so mm-hmm. we're 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 in the weeds with that. Uh, I'm reading a lot of comic books. Uh, I I really like X Men right now. X Men is really fucking good at the moment uh krakoa is awesome and i i like the like status quo currently very much um i just finished the fifth song of ice and fire book i'm now eagerly awaiting winds of winter with everyone else and wow you blew through those really fast yeah they're really good uh i enjoyed them very much uh oh and i'm reading gideon the ninth and i'm almost done it and that book fucking rules Gideon the Ninth slaps. I got a coworker to read Gideon the Ninth uh, recently. I don't think she's quite as into it as I am, but she thinks it's interesting at least. So, I mean, this is like what I think is so important about fan fiction, and what I think is important about like mediums like actual plays and things like that is queer people telling like authentic queer stories. Like, you're not going to get the represent- representation you want from huge corporations like Marvel or Star Wars or 
what have you. Like, you're just not going to get it. It's still too risky. They're not willing to, like, take that plunge. If they do give it to you, it's going to be sanitized. It's going to be safe. But mediums like fanfiction and mediums like actual play podcasts uh, or self-published tinklers uh, can do those things and they can provide really authentic representation. So um, I'm really proud of the work I'm doing on Good Neighbors and there are tons of other awesome queer actual play podcasts out there and uh, people are telling really, really dope, fucking gratifying and risky stories and i think that should be celebrated i'm gonna throw in here that uh chuck tingle uh in spite of my official verdict that this is not a fan fiction does a better job at uh like representing trans people having sex with their i mean i know that like the one of them is a dinosaur but he does a better job of like trans people having sex and the experience of having sex while trans than like any fan fiction i have ever read so that's something yeah like as far as i know, i mean like we've said we don't know who chuck tingle is or if he is a collective of other people that may or may not include queer people but um like chuck tingle clearly did his research he knows what he's talking about he's not disrespecting trans people with these these representation uh, this representation, even though it's, even though it is silly. Yeah. It it felt extremely authentic. Mm -hmm. Uh, it felt very genuine and very heartfelt. Yeah. It's, it's a very, very good book. And, um, and also like you can put, uh, you can put trans people having sex and stuff like this because it's not a big, it's a tiny little self-published print on demand, uh, creator on Amazon. Yeah. He did not have to commit uh, he did not have to convince a board of 12 60-year-old cis het straight dudes, white dudes, to let him do this. Mm-hmm. He was just able to do it. Yeah. And that's why, you know, when you're begging for representation from things like Marvel or what have you, you're just not going to get it because uh, no one will be able to convince that board of 12 white 60 year old cis het men to to do it and to do it well but uh chuck tingles out here doing it on his own and mm-hmm. there's tons of great actual plays and fan fiction writers doing it on their own and they they should be lifted up and supported yeah give your money to small small people little people people just doing their best also like a like or a share or a listen to a small indie creator is going to mean so much more like your one listen that you can give is going to mean so much more to that small creator who is putting their heart and soul into something and their blood sweat and tears and making something really cool and really good than it would to uh amazon or netflix or or whatever so Trans rights. Support small, small, uh, small people. Uh, Support me. Give me your listens. This sounds like a like we're just plugging our own podcast and or network now. But anyway, I am yes. <laughs> Support us on Patreon, you greedy bastards. No, you're all great. Thank you for listening, Chuck. If you are here, you fucking rule. Uh, yeah. I've followed you on Twitter for a long time. I think you're great. 
and reading this was an absolute delight. You're extremely talented. Um, I like how I went into this with a lot of confidence, just assuming that Chuck Tingle might eventually hear this. I don't think it's likely that he will, but y- you never know. If he's here, if he's here, thanks for being here, Chuck. Chuck, we think you're great. Yeah. Love is real. Trans you, rights. You proved it. Yeah, we... All of us collectively in the Tingleverse, we are here. We've proved it. We've proved love is real. Fan Fiction is Good, actually, is part of Where They May Radio, a small family of podcasters just doing our best. You can keep up with Fan Fiction is Good, actually, on Twitter at fanficisgoodpod, and you can reach Evan via email at fanficisgood at gmail.com. For bonus content, including bonus episodes, visit patreon.com slash wtmradio. Where They May Radio.